Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Let's dive into part two of our brand new teaching series that we are calling All In. Go with me to the book of Exodus. We're going to read Exodus chapter six, verses six through seven. And if these sound familiar, it's because they're the same two scriptures I read to you last week. Let's dive in. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that I have entitled, Free to Be Me. Free to Be Me. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. It is anointed, it is blessed, and it is life-changing. And I just pray, God, now that as we hear your word, that it would accomplish all of that in our lives, that it would change our lives, that it would transform us, that it would impact us, God, and it would lead us one step closer to you. And Father, as I speak this word to everyone that is listening, I pray, Father, that you would give them a unique individual word that they need in this season of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, have you ever heard the saying, fake it until you make it? Fake it until you make it? Well, listen, you know what another name for that is? A job interview. Here's here's what I mean by that. Have you ever been in a job interview and they ask you, how well do you know this software? How well do you know this program? Now, you know, there's time to fake it till you make it. You might know it a little bit, but you're saying, oh, I got that down. I'm great at that. And I was the best one at the company that I came from. Well, you're, you're, you're faking it because you're trying to make it. You're just trying to make it past the interview and get a job. Now, I want to give you a word, it's a very 90s word, but I'm going to give you a different word that we used to use back in the 90s that we would describe someone who was faking it. Are you all ready for it? All my, all, everyone that was alive at this point in time, you're going to love this. We called someone who was faking it a poser. And that was a harsh word. When you called someone a poser, that was not nice. I mean, that was just an unkind word word. And if you are wondering, Pastor Josh, why are you bringing all of that up? Because today I want to ask you or show you that in all of our lives, we've been posing. At some point in all of our lives, we have been the poser and we didn't even realize it. And here's what I mean by that. You were living a life that you were never meant to live didn't even realize it. You were living a life that God never intended for you to live. You were living a life that you weren't designed to live. And and so in in a sense, you're faking it. You're you're carrying on as if I'm living the life that I'm supposed to live and I'm, I'm living the life that God designed for me to live. And that couldn't be further from the truth. 
And what God wants to do is to bring you out of that life that you have taken on to bring you into the life that he's designed for you to live. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tug on that thought actually for two weeks. So this is like a little mini series within the series. And I'm gonna start this today and I'll talk about it some more next Sunday when we're all together in the sanctuary. But I think this is gonna open up your eyes in so many ways. So let's get back to our scripture, Exodus 6. Let's get back to this passage of scripture and then dive into everything that we have to pull out from it. So in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, there are four promises that God gives to Israel. He says to them, number one, I will bring you out. Number two, I will free you. Number three, I will redeem you. And number four, I will take you as my own people. These are the four I wills, promises that God made to Israel that to this day, many Jews celebrate, commemorate, and they honor these four I wills that God gave to their ancestors. Now, what we learned last week, and I'm going to remind you about today, is that these four promises, although originally given to Israel, are for all of humanity. We know that because we see these same four promises showing up throughout the Bible over and over and over again. And so what we've done is we've taken these four promises and we've put some handles on them. Uh, we, we've taken these four promises and we've now give them a modern day application of really what God wants to do for all humanity. And here they are. Well, number one, he wants the lost to be saved. And then he wants the saved to be pastored. He wants the pastored to be trained. And lastly, he wants the trained mobilized. He wants everyone that has been trained up to go on mission together with him. Last week, we talked about the father's heart being for the lost. He, he leaves the 99 to go for the one. And so today, what I want to talk to you about is the second promise there and his second desire for you. And that is for the saved to be pastored. He wants for everyone saved to be pastored. And the language we've created around this is God wants you to find freedom. He wants you to find freedom. So here we go. I believe every single one of you, every one of you listening, whether you are watching on YouTube or listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, I want you to know that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And I would also add to that, that you have been uniquely made by God. You know, recently, my son, Jaden, my oldest son, he was working with another young man, very talented young man at our church by the name of Sammy. And my son, he had this vision to design um, some custom Jordan 1s. And uh, I got to make sure I get the lingo right. So they were the J's, the Jordan 1s. And, and my son had bought a pair. And then he began to dream up how he can customize these Jordans with the Miles Morales, uh, Spider, uh, Spider-Man uh, logo and wrapped around in scenes from the movie. And so my son went hard at work, really. It was, it was incredible to watch him. Created design on an iPad. And then he sent that to me. I sent it to Sammy. I said, Sammy, is this something you think you can do? Sammy's like, I got it. I can handle this. So I then let Sammy and Jaden kind of uh, work on it together. And then earlier this week, I shared the end result and, and, and I was blown away by it. And, and so I shared it. And then there was a young man who responded to a story that I shared on Instagram. And he said, those are one of one. 
Those are one of one. And I never thought of it that way. Those are one of one, meaning there is not another one like it. There's only one pair of those shoes in this whole world. And my son happens to have them. Well, Lighthouse, let me tell you, you too are one of one. There is nobody else like you. And though you are born into a family and you're going to carry some of the traits of your family, you are still uniquely you. You've been hardwired with gifts, skills, talents, and, and a personality that only God could have selected for you. Furthermore, I believe that when God hardwired you, he gave you everything you need, all of the raw materials that you're going to need to accomplish your purpose here in this life. But lean into what I'm about to tell you right now. The problem is, is that as you enter into this world, as we are born into this world, we over time begin to become deformed by our environment and our sin nature. I'm going to repeat that. We become deformed by our environment and our sin nature. That's a loaded statement. Let me unpack it for you. You see, God's design for humanity was Eden, the Garden of Eden, an environment that cultivated a relationship with God. And though we had freedom to choose, we weren't born with the inherent bend to sin. We did not have a sin nature. That was never something that God uh, desired for us. But because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, now sin nature is carried on every single generation. But originally, we were wired for relationship with God, and we were wired to carry out His plan for our lives. But rather than taking our design and being formed into the image of Christ, because that was his ultimate design for us, that we would be formed into the image of Christ, we are constantly being deformed by our environment and our sin nature. And let me pause for the cause and just tell you that if you are not actively being formed into the image of Christ, that doesn't mean you're stagnant. It means that you are actively being deformed by our environments, and our sin nature. There's no passive place in this. It's either intentional formation or it is spiritual deformation according to the customs of this world. That's why I said earlier that maybe you were living a life you were never meant to live. Maybe you were posing, pretending to be someone that God never intended you to be. Let me give you a biblical perspective on this. Let's go back to our passage of scripture, Exodus 6. Exodus 6. So God's chosen people, Israel, they initially entered into Egypt to live and to thrive. They, they, they were led into Egypt to escape um, a famine in the land, but they weren't meant to be slaves in Egypt. They became slaves, but that wasn't the reason that God led them into Egypt. But in time, the Egyptians took them as slaves. Now, there are big consequences of that. And here's the first one. Every child born into Egypt at that time was born into slavery. Once Israel had become slaves, every child that was born for every, chi every, is every child of Israel that was born was born into slavery. They weren't designed to be slaves, but their environment of slavery deformed any expectation that they could live any other life. Little kids were born and they didn't have the option to do this or do that. No, son, we're slaves. That's our identity. 
and you're going to be a slave just like your mother and your father. Okay, now let's fast forward to 2023. We are born into a world where sin is all around us and we have a sin nature. We have a natural bend to give in to the desires of our sinful nature. This wasn't God's design for us, but that is what has happened to us. And so when our environment reshapes us away from the original design of God, we are being deformed into the image of the world rather than being formed into the image of Christ. So in the Old Testament, God raised up Moses to be their deliverer. He was born with the purpose of delivering Israel from Egypt. In the New Testament, God sent his son Jesus to be our deliverer. He was born with the purpose of being the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. God, gave, God sent Moses to give Israel victory over slavery, but God sent his son to give us victory over sin. And let me just ask you, family, aren't you grateful for Jesus today? Aren't you thankful that he came to set us free? Aren't you glad that Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay? And so the question is, how do we receive this great victory? How do we receive this forgiveness that Jesus was sent to give us? Well, church, this is why it's called the good news. This is why it is the gospel, because the only thing that we have to do to receive this victory is believe. We are saved by grace through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And that's the good news of the message. So let me take you a step further. You might be saying, well, Pastor Josh, if I know God, doesn't that mean I am automatically free? And the answer is no. Okay. If, if you know God and you have placed your faith in him and you have received him as your Lord and Savior, that makes you saved. But it doesn't necessarily make you free. That makes you saved. But it doesn't necessarily make you free. Let me explain that to you. When Israel left Egypt, that did not mean that Egypt had left Israel. Said differently, Israel left Egypt, but Egypt was still inside of Israel. You see, when all you've known is a life of slavery, the only way you know how to behave is like a slave. The only way you know how to carry yourself is like a slave. The only identity you know is that of a slave. As a matter of fact, there's this passage when all of Israel had already been freed from slavery and they're wandering in the wilderness. And at one point they told Moses who, who came to deliver them from slavery. I'm going to paraphrase this, but they said, Moses, can we just go back to Egypt? I mean, we, we, we ate better in Egypt than we eat out here. I mean, we had stability in Egypt. There was consistency in Egypt and they were romanticizing about slavery. But that's what happens when you are deformed by your environment. You are so far from the person that God has created you to be. So similarly, when someone comes out of a life of sin, we ought to come alongside them to get the sin out of them. That's the difference between being saved and being free. And so to know God and to receive God is to be saved. But we want people not just to be saved, but we want them to find freedom. Now, now 
let me tell you a little bit about my background and my Pentecostal upbringing. You know, in the church that I grew up in, we were taught that all we ever needed was a good altar call. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? An altar call. An altar call is at the end of the sermon, uh, the, the preacher would make a call to come on up to the altar and pray. And we'd come on up to the altar and we would cry our eyes out. And I'm not against that. As a matter of fact, some of y'all need a good altar call. <laughs> but I learned later in life that uh, in addition to altar calls, what we really need is a process of spiritual formation. What we need is an intentional process of spiritual formation. And that process does include altar calls and prayer, but it also requires of you to get into a daily Bible reading plan, engaging with the Word of God. It, it means you get into a connect group, our small groups here at Lighthouse Church, which, by the way, are launching this week. And if you are not in a connect group, you are missing out on an incredible aspect of your spiritual formation. So this is my little uh, commercial, and I'm just letting you know that uh, you gotta do what you gotta do to get into a connect group, but it is gonna change your life. Do not do life alone. Find a connect group. We've got all kinds of connect groups, okay? And uh, find one that's just right for you, all right? But again, getting back to spiritual formation, it includes getting into a connect group. It includes getting into a serve team so you can take the gifts and talents that God has given you to serve serve others. And lastly, and I want you to hear this part, it includes being pastored. It includes being pastored. That's why I believe that in order for us to find freedom, we need to get under some pastors and really be pastored. Why? Because we need pastors speaking into our lives. We need pastors who are going to push us to pray. We need pastors who are going to counsel our marriages. We need pastors who are going to walk us through the Bible. We need pastors who are going to care for our souls. And that's what a good pastor does. He sees to it that you are walking through an intentional process of spiritual formation so that you find freedom. A good pastor is going to lead you away from posing, okay, from, from the life of living a way that God never designed for you to live and get you connected to God's purpose and plan for your life. And in case you're wondering, oh, but Pastor Josh, you're my pastor, right? And yes, I am. If you call Lighthouse Church your home, absolutely, I am your pastor. But hear me when I say, you need more of me than just a 35-minute message on a Sunday. That's why you need a connect group. And when you come on Sunday, I'm going to be there. We're going to bring the Word of God. We're going to worship God together in community. But there is no replacement for you finding a small group, putting yourself underneath a leader that is going to be there shepherding your life, walking through life with other people. You need peers that are running in the same direction as you. There are some things that you need that you cannot experience in a Sunday worship service. You need closeness. You need proximity. You need relationships. And so here's a big key that we believe here at Lighthouse and why we want every single one of you to join the connect group. Write this down, take notes. Here it is. Life change happens in the context of relationships. Life change happens in the context of relationships. The freedom you are looking for is not found 
and religious isolation. Oh, I don't need the church. I don't need any pastors. It's just me and the Holy Spirit. Every Sunday we, 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 uh, we church surf. We, we watch eight different churches online on Sunday. I don't need to go to a building. I don't need to do any of that. Well, hold on a second. God is relational. He desires a relationship with you. And because he is relational, you cannot tell me that he desires for you to be in isolation. If God doesn't believe he should be in isolation, he wants to relate to his followers. You can't tell me that his design for you is for you to be in isolation. Furthermore, it's not even the nature of Jesus. You see, when Jesus decided to begin his ministry, he didn't do it solo. He found 12 men and said, come and follow me. Why? Because everything that I know about God, everything that I know about Jesus is that he is relational. He could have done life alone if that's what he wanted for you, but he didn't. He did it in community. He did it with peers, although he had none. He said, I'm going to find 12 men and show them and work with them. And I'm going to live together with them on this journey of revealing the kingdom of my father here on this earth. So again, you need to join a connect group. And that begins this week. Let me close this with some more thoughts here on why you need to find freedom. We want for you to find freedom, and I want to give you three promises that freedom is going to give you in your life. And number one, freedom teaches us how to have victory over sin. When you truly find freedom, those things that used to weigh you down aren't going to continue, continue weighing you down anymore. Why? Because you have found freedom. You might be living with something that you're thinking, Pastor, I mean, this was something that my dad used to do. This was something that his dad used to do. I mean, this is just our cycle. This is just our habit. I'm bound to repeat it. No, no, no. You can break that generational cycle. Freedom is going to allow you to do that. Number two, freedom helps us find healing from our wounds. I, I know that there's the choices that you've made. The reality is some of you have been hurt by other people and it was not your fault. Someone took advantage of you. Someone wronged you. Someone did something to you that nobody deserves. You know what freedom does? Freedom helps you to heal from those things that happened to you. Your wounds can be, your wounds can be bandaged up and you won't just receive healing, you'll receive wholeness. And that's what freedom gives us. Freedom gives us healing and wholeness from our wounds. And here's the last thing. When, when you are living in freedom, when you find freedom and you start living from a place of freedom, freedom gives you authority over the enemy. Freedom gives you authority over the enemy. So when that enemy comes and whether he's speaking to you or, or he's speaking to you through circumstances or people, you are going to have freedom and you are going to have authority over those situations because you now have freedom. You've experienced freedom in Christ. And I love how the scriptures say, he who the son has set free is free indeed. Because you are free indeed, you're gonna have authority to say, you know, that thing used to hold me, but not anymore. That thing used to keep me bound, but not anymore. The old me, the, the, the poser that I used to be far from God, he or she would have fallen for that trick, but, but no more. I have authority over the enemy. I am living in freedom. Listen to me, Lighthouse Church. We want that for you. So don't, don't stop at salvation. That's actually a sermon title that I preached a couple months back, but, but don't stop there. 
Go a little deeper. We don't want to stop at being saved. The goal is not to get to heaven. I know that that's a, that's a big statement for some of you. Like, wait, what, what? What's that? Hold on a second. Let me finish the statement. Okay. The goal is not to get like, the goal is not to get to heaven. The goal is to be made in the image of Christ. And in the process, heaven is just where you're going on this journey of every single day, living like, looking like, becoming more like Jesus. That's the goal. That's what we're striving for. We want to see Jesus through the word and become like him through the process of spiritual formation. Hey, Lighthouse, I love you. Let me pray for you. And I'm just going to pray that this word would settle in your heart. Um, I'm going to actually pray two things. Number one, that it settle well for some of you. For some of you, I hope it kind of agitates you, like in a good way, though. I, I hope it provokes you to do a little more. I, I, I hope you feel challenged and stretched if you thought, oh, my God, I just thought being saved was it. Listen, he wants you to find freedom, and we want you to find that, too. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you once again for this if this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.